Today's daf is daf Yud Gimel, page 13. We're at the two dots, four lines from the top of the Amor. Yeah, two dots. Moment to find the place. Gufa. A piece of a previously quoted b'risa. If somebody does me'ila against Nashem, you take something that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash and you use it for your personal benefit. The Rabbis Kachim Kalim Shemim this even includes making personal benefit of things that are the status of Kachim Kalim, have lighter holiness. They belong, that it has to be used for the Beis HaMikdash, but it's still considered your possession. It's mine, but it's holy. Kachi Kachim doesn't belong to me anymore. That belongs to the Banshan. Kachi Kalim is mine, with, but it's focused on being used for the base of Mikdash. If I use Kachi Kalim, which is mine, for my personal benefit, I've transgressed Me'ila. Even though it's my possession. But it's Kachi Kalim, it's Me'ila. It's a transgression. But you, you took it from the base measure. No, I mean, you took. I, I have something that's kachikalim. I use something that's kachikalim. I dedicate something that's kachikalim. You, you, you dedicated it and you brought it there. Yeah, or or even not. I said this is kachim in a way that it's kachikalim. The halacha is it's considered still under my ownership, but I can't use it for my personal benefit. Okay, that's the pin of Rabbi Yisrael Benazai Benazai says Rabbi says It's coming to include. A carbon shlamim. Only by a carbon shlamim is it going to be called me'ila, not by other types of kachi kalim, not by other types of low level hektish. Benazai really was only talking about a bachar. Now, what does this mean? Amar mar, the Tana taught us. Benazai said, We're coming to include a shlamim. The mute mai, as opposed to what? It's coming to exclude a bachar. Hashta now umashlam just by Islam animal shatunim smicho and chasm to nuvas chazavashaik Amrit Mambailamu when it comes to a carbon shlam animal that it needs this whole process as part of the carbon, you lean on it and you wave it and you the 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 chazavashaik gets waved, which is the breast and the rear leg. We say that it's the ownership now huh? Four leg. Four leg? The the shaykh. One second. The chaze. Kayach. Amrit mamam bailam who we say that's that's uh, considered the property of the owner. Bechar mi bay certainly a bechar <coughs> that doesn't require any of those things that are part of the sacrifice. So it's a lower level, right? Because less needs to be done. How much more so should we say it's considered in the in the ownership of the owner of the animal? Rather, says rather is coming to exclude a miser animal. Now, what does it mean to exclude a miser animal? Which means that what are we trying to exclude? A miser animal. You you have a hundred animals that are born to your flock this year. They walk out of the pen. The pen. You're gonna you're gonna mark off every tenth animal. The tenth animal is not yours anymore. Is that what it means? That's what we're trying to figure out. Is that what it means? Ella Rebekah Lamute Meiser. That a, the Meiser is Kachi Kalim, but you don't own it. Kidatanya. How do you know that? Because going to the Brisa, but Bechor, Namar Leisif, Bechor. It says you should not redeem it if it's complete. Venimkar Tamchai, but it could be sold. Tamchai Abamum, Shachai Veshachud. And if you have a Bechor, a firstborn animal that has a blemish, whether it's alive, whether it's after it's shechted, um, you're allowed to redeem it. But Meiser Namar, when it comes to Meiser, it says, you're not allowed to redeem it. And you can't sell it either way. No matter what, alive, dead, blemish, complete, it doesn't make an, it's not going to make enough kamina, it won't make a difference at all. And therefore, you see that since by Meiser, you're not allowed to sell the animal. Whose possession is Meiser considered in? Yours or God's? God's. And that's why you can't sell a Meiser animal ever. Right? It says Meiser animal, you can't redeem it. Alive, dead. What do they do with 
blemished, unblemished. Huh? Right, you, you have to let it graze till it dies. Leave it out. You're not let it benefit from it. You're not let it get any personal benefit. Ravina Masila Seifa. Ravina said this this Allah is going on the Seifa. Abiyasi ben Dostoy Yomer, Abiyasi ben Dostoy says, Leomer Benazi al Bukhar Bavai, Benazi said it's Allah referring to a Bukhar. Okay, going back to how we said uh, uh, what we said originally. Again, what the Benazi said, the Rabbi says Ashlaman. Okay, he says, no, it's coming to include a Bukhar. Lamute um, Mai, so what is that coming to include? The only by Bukhar as opposed to what? A firstborn, which is holy from the moment that it's born, we consider that to be the ownership of the uh, the one who owns it. It's not considered Hashem's. You got to tell me by a carbon shlame. Here's the logic. Here's the logic. Who should I put on the spot? Steve, put you on the spot. <laughs> You pointed to Rebar. Can you pledge allegiance right now? You probably could, because you went to school at a time when they used to pledge allegiance. Yeah. You probably could, right? Yeah. I would say a lot of young Americans nowadays, if you ask them to stand up right now and pledge allegiance, would not know what you're talking about. They don't even know what it is. They wouldn't even know what it is. It's you not taught in school. You're taught there's such a thing, there's a concept. But that's it. You don't know anything. Already by my times, it wasn't there. The national anthem was still a thing. Pledging allegiance wasn't a thing. Okay. Now, am I... Yeah, I learned the national anthem for going to baseball games and football games. That's true. That's true. You didn't learn it in school. Um, the, if you ask anybody who became an American citizen, to pledge allegiance, they'll all know how to pledge allegiance. Why do American kids not know how to pledge allegiance, but people who are not Americans, who became Americans, know it? What's the difference? They're both Americans. They don't take it for granted. No, they don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. And then you could ask a Shaila. How can you even be American if you, don't, if you don't know the Constitution, if you don't know the Pledge of Allegiance? The answer is like this. Here's the end. This is where I want to go with this. And this holds true by Judaism as well. Is that this true? If you're born into something, it's you, whether you like it or not. If you're not born into something, so it takes work to make it you. Which is why when somebody becomes Jewish, very often they, be, they end up being a lot more learned than somebody who's born Jewish. Because you have a regular kid who's born Jewish. They don't know anything. They don't know. But somebody says, hey, I want, to, I want to become Jewish. I'm going to take this seriously. So they study, they learn. And hell, they know, very, they know more Torah than a lot of Jews. That's the logic Gemara here is saying. Gemara here is saying like this. A Bechar, a firstborn animal, is born... A U.S. citizen, we'll call it, Lahabdil. A Bukhar is born holy. Israeli citizen, I'm not going to call U.S. citizen holy, yeah? You're, you're born into the Kedusha. It's intrinsic, it's in you. If I make my animal a carbon shlaman, you weren't born on the altar. I'm dedicating it to the altar. But it's not, you're not, you're not emerging f- with Kedusha um, Bukhar emerged with Kedusha A Shlamim didn't emerge with Kedusha Kedusha had to be brought The Gemara here is assuming When something emerges with Kedusha We're going to take that sanctity With more seriousness Okay And therefore it says the Gemara like this I'm just going to go back a line If it's coming to include a carbon Shlamim If a Bukhar, a firstborn which emerged holy, I'm going to say you own. How much more so? Shlomim mi boy. Certainly a carbon shlomim should be considered the property of the owners. If something that emerged holy is the property of the owners, something that became holy should still be the property of the owners because it doesn't have intrinsic sanctity. says, It could be sold while it's a tam, while it's complete. 
Ubalmum, and if it's a Balmum, Chai Vishokot, whether it's alive, whether it's Shachted, it could be redeemed by Miser Nemar, like go, and says, you're not let her redeem by Venom Nemkar, like Chai Vishokot, ever, like Tam, Vilay Balmum. The fact that Miser is never allowed to be sold, you see, is not called the property of the owner. Says the Gemara. Let me just wrap up this idea and I'll take a question. But all we said was a firstborn. So how could you say it's even referring to Shlomim? Kasha, you have a question, but they were sticking to our guns on that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I guess any other offering, not just Shlomim, any other, would not. Correct. So it acquires Kedusha through being placed on the altar, offered on the altar. Yeah. Designated, not necessarily placed on the altar. Yeah, designated, okay. Either way. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so, so, what was the point? I'm sorry. The point was, we're trying to figure out when something's holy with Kachim Kalim, whose possession is it? Is this still considered the owner's possession or not? Who owns it? The Gemara had said, the Gemara used which emerged holy to still be a possession of the owner and not the base Amikdash, how much more so something that started out without holiness should be called your possession. And it doesn't have intrinsic holiness. You have to create holiness. Now you're right. I think where you want to go with this is say, isn't there a gain to becoming holy, right? And having an action done? You're right. There is another way to view it. There is a Chumrah going the other way. There is a Shrinzi. But it doesn't negate the reality of this. There's one, one way to look at it is that there's intrinsic holiness versus created holiness. And then there's also a truism, which is when something's created, there's a big gain, right? There's a big gain to be had by actively placing something, then something is, is just there. But that's not what we're focusing on. And that, because that's not, that, that logic is not what's important right here. What's important over here is to know who owns it. Who owns it? When it comes to ownership, it makes more sense that if I don't own Bukhar, there's no way I should own... Uh, if, if I do own Bukhar, then I certainly should own the other ones. And that, that logic remains. You should own the what? The other ones that became holy. The Shlomim and, and the, uh, the other uh, Kachim Kala. Okay. Ravama Rava says... My Nechazim Shein Lamila, what is considered property that doesn't have Mila? Nechazim Shein Bam Din Mila. They don't have the law of Mila. What does that mean to my Nino? What is that referring to? The head referring to a regular person. Okay. But listening, I didn't want to just say a normal person. Gosh, that's a good question. But bottom line is, we didn't. Okay, here we go. Simple. What the Gemara here is doing is, our Mishnah says, if my ox damages your ox, I need to pay. What if my ox damages Hectish's ox? I don't need to pay. Because it's not called under the ownership of the next person. Okay, that's what we had thought before. That's the, net, that's the difference over here. Over here, the Gemara says, what does it mean that, that it gores property that's not subject to Mila? It means somebody else's. Somebody else's. But in Echanami, Kachim Kalim, you'd be off the hook. That's Rava's approach. According to Rava, Kachim Kalim is not considered under ownership of a, of a Yid. Yeah, but yeah, but so it's under ownership of the base of Yid. Yeah, but so. Yeah. Fine. So now if my animal gores that animal, I'm not obligated. Since it's under the ownership of Hashem. I don't have to pay. Why not? Because the Torah says when your ox scores the ox of your friend. Okay. It's not my friend's ox, so I don't have to pay. I think he's missing the fact that the animal hasn't been given over to the Beitzamikdash yet. You still have it, even though you made it Kodesh. That, that's been our Shiloh, correct. That's been our Shiloh. Our Shiloh is whether you still are considered I, I, I the owner. You got that, right? You, no, you're the, I don't, what? That the... That, if the that the the conversation here is surrounding a individual owner who creates something as kachim kalim, what's important for us to know is when my ox scores his ox. If he's the owner, I need to pay him. If we don't consider him to be the owner, then there's no payment over here. That's what we're. I think that, we got that. Okay. If a shlamim damages gaiva mibsaron, there's no payment. But 
the uh, owner is allowed to eat from the basar ve'ena goyve me'emoreim, but he can't take from the limbs. Says the Gemara, "Pshita emurim le'gvayasalki." Of course not. It belongs to the kahanim. Says the Gemara, "Leitzricha le'gayim me'besaron kenegedi mur." That to, to to kind of make up, you know, when when we were kids, we the royal we, cell phones had rollover minutes. Remember that? Hello. Rollover minutes. Remember rollover minutes? It was free nights and weekends, and you had X amount of minutes per month. If you didn't use it up, the good companies allowed rollover minutes. Didn't use up your hundred minutes, it went to the next month, right? So I would think, says more like this, fascinating case. An animal that's shlamim, I designate my animal as shlam. It goes and damages, kills your animal. Here's what happens. Get ready for this. If I'm the owner, if I'm still considered an owner, what's going to happen? You, the owner of the what we'll call the victim of the Gordax, take ownership of the Shlamim, and instead of the sacrifice being brought on my behalf, and the rule of a Shlamim is some goes to the owner, some goes to the Kohen, some goes to the Rabban Shalom, some gets burnt on the Mizbeach. That's why it's called Shlamim. It's a peace offering. Everybody ends up with something. The owner gets some, the Kayin gets some, the Ban Shalom gets some on the Mizbeach. The victim now has rights to the parts of the animal that the you other guy, yeah, that I otherwise would have had. So if my Shlamim kills your animal, when I offer the Shlamim, you get the meat that I would have gotten. Says the Gemara. But, you, but not the limbs that go to the Kayan. Says Gemara, of course you don't get the limbs that usually go to a Kayan. Because the Kayan always gets it. It would have even gone to me. Says the Gemara, no, what we mean to the Chiddush over here is, you can't take more of the, of the Yisrael meat in value of whatever the Kayan is getting and say, well, I get more value because really you, you damaged me. No, it's whatever the original owner would have gotten in this animal. That's what you get in. That, that's what you get in the animal as well. But in the meanwhile, I'm not being reimbursed for my ox. That's only a part. That's of right. Part. That's right. That's fine. Well, how, how does that? Because that's the real. That's the reality of the animal. That's because you want to go to This is the reality of uh, of a shlom animal that gores. Says the Gemara. Now. I hear what's bothering you, and I think the Gemara's next question is going to be on that. It says the Gemara, Aliba Dema. What is what's the case over here, and who are we following? Aliba the Rabbanon. If we're following the opinion of the Rabbanon, Shita Hamriki Lakleishdalim Mihai Lam Mishdama Mihai. The Chum hold. They say whenever you can't collect from one place, you can't take from from another place. Okay. Meaning, let's say Rab Aaron and I own an ox as a partner. Our ox damages. You want to come and collect from us, Besden rules that we, the royal we, have to pay you a hundred dollars. So you're going to get fifty from me and fifty from him. I give, uh, he gives you fifty. You come to me and you're like, give me fifty. I'm like, I only have thirty. You can't go take seventy from him now. According to Rabban, Rabban said you still need to deal with me. It's still on me to figure out a way to get the other fifty. You can't go to the other partner and be like, okay, so now you pay seventy, he pays thirty. That's the pin of the Rabban. Be Ali with the Rav Nosson. If found the pin of Rav Nosson who argues on the Rabbanon, Ha Amri Kilak Lishlamimihai Lishlamihai, he holds you could do that, and therefore you should always be able to take more meat than what is set aside for the original owner. What? Why does the Kayan get it and so on and so forth? Let him let him add to the payment. Answers the Gemara. Ibay Yisem Rav Nosson. Ibay Yisem Rabban. How so? Ibay Yisem Rav Nosson. Either way, say Rabbanon. It fits according to the Rabbanan, I would say, where the Rabbanan not allow you to collect from more from Rabbanan when it comes to me is when there's, is when like this. Instead of us being owners over an animal, let's say um, it, we own different parts of things that cause the damage combined. There's two gufim, there, there's two parts over here. That's where we say that you can't go to one to collect the damages from the other. However, but let's say there's one body that's causing the damage. You could say, listen, listen, 
whatever, however I'm, however I'm meant to be paid, make sure I get paid. Okay? So that's Aliba de Rabbanon. That's how it's going to make sense uh, according to the Rabbanon. Iba Yisema, Rav Or you could say that the Brisa follows Rav How so? <coughs> now Rav does allow you to collect from one party when the other one can't pay up. He would allow the 70-30 plan. So how would that work? You say, There, the owner of the ox could say to, uh, uh, could say to the owner of the pit, I found your ox, I, to roy bibirach, I, my ox in your pit, Ashkachte, I found it. Meaning, my ox fell into your pit. I don't know what happened, what caused the ox to fall into the pit. All I know is, it got killed in your pit. Did another ox push it in? Did something else happen? Ichveis was. I don't know. I can just tell you what's in front of me. And therefore, if I can't get any sort of payment from anybody else to blame, I'll take it from you. See, otherwise you're going to have a problem. Every time something falls into the pit with the possibility that there was another cause, maybe the owner of the pit could say, I don't have to pay full damages. Prove to me that nothing pushed your animal into my pit or prove to me that nothing else played a, played a role until you prove it. Uh, I don't need to pay the whole thing. So the Gemara is basically saying that you just got to take with the facts that are in front of you. You got to deal with what's here. You can't deal with what ifs when it comes to payment. He can say, over the pit. I see my ox in your pit. So pay up. That we agree with. Avol, tafomer beis, avol hocha, but by the case of Shlomi, matzi amar basar, azik eburim layazik, can the, can the uh, damager say that it was the flesh of my animal that damaged, but not the other parts? No. You look at the animal in, in its entirety. And therefore, um, we consider the other parts of the animal to be non-payable, and he only gets from the part that would go to the original owner. Okay, so bottom line is like this. If a carbon shlamim goes and kills another ox, the only thing that the victimized ox owner could collect is the parts of the shlamim that the other owner could have gotten, and there's no makeup, there's no reconciliation, there's no restitution, that's what I'm, using, I'm looking for, there's no restitution for the remaining parts of the animal. Okay. Omar Rava Rava says, Tura taida, a carbon taida shehezika. If you have a, an animal that's set aside as a carbon taida, that damage, very good. Um, so you collect from the flesh But you don't collect from the value of the bread See every carbon type is brought along with bread So you can't say bread is part of the carbon And therefore I should be able to collect the, for the bread as well Says the Gemara, seriously? Of course you can't collect from the bread What we're saying is the party that was the, the victim's party They eat the meat And the one who's paying them still has to deal with the bread Hanami Pshita, of course, that's true. He's the one who's bringing the, the carbon. Since you need the bread in order for the animal to be considered a carbon taida, he should say, You eat the meat, and uh, I'm sorry, you're eating the meat, and, I, and I'm bringing the bread. That's unfair. That doesn't make any sense. That's what I would think he could say. If you're the one eating the meat, so you should be the one who has to pay for the bread. Understand? Go yeah. So I own an animal that's being brought as a carbon taida. My animal kills your animal. And you say, oh, wait a second. You got to pay me the whole taida, including the bread. So all your, the whole carbon is considered to have damage. And I say, uh, one second. You get the meat and I need to pay for the bread? No, I'll tell you like this. You want to take the animal and the taida is yours? Beseder. You pay for the flour and the oil and everything else. Because you're the one who's taking ownership of the tither now. It's going to be yours. This is the damaging ox. It's going to be paid to you, so it's yours. Fine. You deal with it. Don't, don't leave it to me. 
Kamashmalan, the Lechem Chiyu the Balu. So that's we know that it's not true. What happens is like this My carbon taida damages your animal. You know what happens? I bring the carbon taida with the breads, but you get the meat. But I still need to bring my carbon taida the way that it was established, uh, established previously. Okay. Beautiful. Two dots. What's coming to include? That um, you don't need to pay if your property damages a non-Jew. It says in the Mishnah that you're only obligated when you damage property that belongs to a Ben Bris. Somebody who's part of the covenant. Does that mean if my ox damages a guy's ox, I'm not obligated? We learned later on, the ox of a yid goes an ox of a guy, potter. You don't have to pay. Okay, that's a separate thing. But as far as this, you don't need to pay. So we, it says explicitly you don't need to pay. So why would the Mishnah also say, I already know you're not obligated. So it's a ton of other mafarish. It's not redundant. First we said the halacha, and then we're, gonna, and then we're going back and explaining. Okay? If you have um, property that is miyuchad, that is set aside, okay. um, We're going to learn later on. It's going to come up later on, about, we'll learn about three weeks. We'll come across those halachas. If, interesting sugir. Yell's asking just basic, like if, a, if an animal of a Jew gores an animal of an ox, why are we taking, uh, uh, gores an animal of a non-Jew? Uh, we're taking a premise, you're not obligated. Yell's asking why. We're going to go through the psukim and the parameters. It's not like a, it's not like you could just start sending your animals to break non-Jew stuff. You can't do that. But we're going to learn later on, Mitzvah. We'll come up in a few weeks. We'll go through the, the we'll go through that topic. Isn't there the potential for Hillel Yeah, yeah. So that's something else. But you need to, you need to know how to compartmentalize. You have to know how to compartmentalize. But yeah, that, that could be a separate chiyav. The question is as far as the chiyav of damage. You might have a chiyav of something else. You're, you're obligated to pay when you're dealing with miyuchad, a proper a property which is private. Lemute mai, as opposed to what? Says the Gemara, Amr of Yehuda. Rav Yehuda says. My ox gets damaged. I walk over to Steve. Like, Steve, your ox damaged. Steve's like, let me tell you something. My ox has a twin. My ox's twin is owned by Mike. Michael Zephyrin has the twin. I think, I bet you, his ox is the naughty one who goes around making trouble. You should probably collect from him. So, the question is, I can't prove who really has to pay me. Uh-huh. I go to one guy and he says, his ox damaged. And you go, how do you know? Who says, maybe his ox damaged? In such a case, you can't collect. That's what it means. If it's unique to an owner, you can collect it. But if the owner has, ever has an opening to say, it's not mine, nothing to talk about. I think oxen bear one calf at a time. Okay, maybe. So the, the, the case of twins wouldn't be true. There's an interesting Shiloh. Ready for this? I asked it every week at, at Avasubanim. I ask a trivia question for money. I offer money. Um, whoever gets a trivia question gets, gets a good answer. I try to at least not go more than one week in a row for a kid not winning. I, like, I want them to be able to win. But this week I asked the Shiloh, which is talking very hard, and I said, give me a case where somebody calls your name, you turn around, and that obligates you to pay $10,000. You're walking down the street, somebody calls your name, you turn around, you're now obligated to pay $10,000. You didn't do anything else. What's the case? That was my trivia question. So a few kids had uh, some interesting ideas. Um, but... uh, which were, which were close, but it wasn't, Mamash, not literally the question. Answers like this. The Shukhanar rules, case Mamish like this. I take, I, I take you to Bezdin, and I say, 
there's been a ruling in Besden in New Jersey that you it says Steve owes me ten thousand dollars. And I come to Besden here, I'm like, you gotta tell Steve to pay up. And you look at it, me, you look at Besden, you say, Steve who? Steve, who's Steve? What are you talking about? Toma. I'm Binyamin. That's Steve. Like, bring your ID. I don't have ID. My name is Binyamin. Yeah? So what's Bezin supposed to do? It says on it, Steve owes money. You say you push it, not Steve. So Shulchan Aruch says like this. Shulchan Aruch says, you can't obligate him. But then, after the guy leaves, and he starts walking down the street, you send the shliach Bezdin. He says, Steve! If you turn around, you have to pay $10,000. If, if you answer to that name, you can't say anymore that that's not me. You can't say anymore it's not me. That's a, so give me a case where you turn around, that costs you $10,000. If somebody claims you're Steve, and you claim that's not your name, but you turn around to that name. It's not saying over here. We're over here saying, Nechosmam Yechodim. It has to be unique, properly, uh, an ox that's owned. What's unique as opposed to when you can't prove who the owner is. Let's say two oxen running after one ox. And then damages the ox. And those two oxen that are bullies are owned by two different people. And each owner says, it was your ox that did it. The other one says, no, it was your ox that did it. They're both potter. Now, if that's the case, then the chosmah yichodim is redundant. It's the same thing. Tani Bahadur Mafar, same answer we gave. It's twice. Once we're mentioning it and now we're explaining it. The Masisan we learned in the Mishnah, Pradhan Hefker. What does it mean Khosmachadim? It means privately owned things, as opposed to Hefker. If it's a Hefker animal, the owner doesn't need to pay. Are you guys okay with that statement? If it's a Hefker animal, the owner doesn't need to pay. No, start shouting. There is no owner. Who's paying? Hefker. <laughs> There's a guy named Hefker. If yeah. He if what? If he turns around. If he turns around. <laughs> hey, very good. Hefker's walking down the street and turns around. That's a good. That's a good way to get your kid off the hook from ever paying financially. You name your kid Hefker at his bris. Oh. Who owns it? Hefker. All right, fine. <laughs> if an ox gores, isn't it going to have blood? Honest. Okay, whatever the circumstances are. You're going to have to know what the circumstances are. Right. Say, what's the case? If our ox scores an ox of Hefker, if that's the case, that's an impossibility. You know why? My ox scores Hefker. Hefker's going to come and say, you owe me money. I'm like, is that your name at your bris? There's nobody to come claim the money, so that's not the case. Sorry. So what's the case? An unowned ox scores my ox, <coughs> excuse me, who you're collecting the money from. say. You know what you should do to get paid? Take the owner of this ox. <laughs> I have good ox, hurt my ox. Go take it. And now you are reimbursed. Okay. So what's the case? It's a whole novel idea. A hefker doesn't need to pay. Shkoyach. Fascinating. Somebody else grabbed it for Snamish Kishmak. Here's what happened. An ownerless ox gores my ox. How am I going to be reimbursed? By taking that ox. Before I took the ox, Yale comes along. He sees a nice ox walking down the street. That's mine. It wasn't his ox yeah. when the gores. He took it. Nah, he took it. He could take it from Hefker. I could go and say, by the way, I know it was Hefker when you took it, but you can't take it from Hefker. I'm the one who could take it because it already damaged my ox. And I have rights to take this ox. I have a right to it because this ox is going to be my restitution. And that's, that's the case that it's coming to exclude. Mamish, interesting case. Okay? So, that's not, I would have thought that's Allah. Lamaisa, practically speaking, when the Mishnah says, Nechosim ham yuchadim, you only take payment from Miuchad property, the halacha would be, if Yel grabs the ox first, he doesn't need to pay me. Because at the time that it gored, it was ownerless. I would think not, but this is the chiddush of the Mishnah. That he can't take it. That I cannot take it. It's a big chiddush, taka chiddush. That I can't take it from you. 
Miyuchad means unique or, or privately owned. It's something that's individual. Ravina Maravina says, It's coming to a, a, exclude a case where my axe damages and then I make it hektish. Or a gourd and then I made it hefker. Okay? So stam, I'm not nice. My axe gores. The victim's owner can collect from my axe. I quickly sanctify it. Kudche, kudche. Or I make it hefker. Can't collect it. It's not mine. Once you make it not my property. Can you, can you then turn yeah. it back? Yeah. You could, but it's not yours now. Okay? So it's coming to exclude that case. What does it mean? Nechasim ham yuchadim? That it's, exclu- it's excluding this case where he made it hefker. There's no payment. If you're axe gourd and then you made a hektish, or a gourd and then you made a hefker, potter. So yeah, can, it's potter. And he can't, he can't change the status of the animal by making it hektish, even though it really by rights belongs to the guy. Correct. Correct. But if an individual, as long as there's no psak bezdin yet. But if an individual grabs it, you can go to the individual and say, no, that's. That's my yeah, yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, but it's a chiddush. Now, what's the reason? So it says nagach vacha hifker potter. Shemar it says vuhuad bebalov vehemis ish vegaimer. The if you warn the owner about the axe going and the axe kills somebody, so then both the owner who was negligent and the axe are chayav misa, which means actually misa v'amada b'din shavav echad that the the death of the person. And the ox are has to be under the same ownership throughout. But if the ownership changed prior to the psak din, there's not going to be a uh, is not going to be a chiyuv of payment from from this ox, nor a chiyuv misa if it kills an animal. Ugmar din leibeinon says gemara. But what about what about gemara din? What about the ruling of bezdin? Yeah. What what are the circumstances around this ox that killed? Yeah. What, what happened? Did Bezdem paskin at Lamisa and then you did it, or is it not yet paskin? That's what we're trying to clarify here. Gemar din like you know, we, we don't need a Gemar din. We don't need a, 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 a an end psak hashar yisaka. But it's When's the ox chay of Misa? When it kills a person and there was negligence, that's referring to a Gemar din. It's Gemar like Ela rather say ugmardin You're right. It means that everything's the same. Everybody's still that uh, throughout you're going to have the same owner, and we're not dealing with where he made it hefker or he turns it into hektish. Go ahead. Regardless of what he thinks he's doing, he will end up. He still maintains his ownership. That's when he's going to be That's when you're responsible. When everything is status quo throughout. But if you if things aren't status quo, you're not. Obligated. Well, my question is, can he do that? Can he make it hectic, even though the thing is really... He could. He could. He would still be financially liable, but the halachas of the whether or not we stoned the ox wouldn't come into place. So he's still financially Yeah. Liable. Your property damage is still going to be... The question is how he handled the ox. But it doesn't remove your liability. So he can't take it from the ox. Yeah, that's right. You'll take it from somewhere else. Uh, take it from somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Then the said, You know, if my axe damages, I don't need to pay. You know, another case when the property that it damaged in was my property. My axe scores on my property. I don't need to pay. Says the Gemara. The Amar because I could say to the victim, "Torcha my boy. Excuse me, this is my axe's player. My what? Player. This is my axe's jungle gym." Okay. My axe is playing very nicely on his jungle gym in the backyard. Okay. Your axe comes into my backyard and my axe scores it. Since it's a property that's designated for me, I could say to you, I'm not obligated. You keep your axe off my property. I'm not obligated to pay. So I don't need to pay you when your axe comes onto my property as a trespasser. Mm-hmm. Is that how Yeah. Yeah. Also, if they both have rights to be there. This is a big chiddush. Ready for this? Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Okay. Amar of Chista, Amar Avimi. 
Chesed is the name of Rebbe. Chatzar Ashutfin. If you have a chatzar that belongs to partners, Chayav Ba Alashem Ba Laregel. So that we both own the chatzar, but we own different things in the chatzar. So if our things damage each other in the chatzar, so we're going to be obligated to pay each other in ways of shame v'regel. V'achi kamar, now Mishnah means chus m'shusim yichetes l'mazik to potter. M'shusim nizik v'amazik, k'shizik v'amazik. You are going to be obligated. Okay, so here's what happens. Me and you own a park, a yard. Our dogs both have rights to play there. Okay? So the halacha is that um, the halacha is in such a case if my thing damages your thing I would be obligated. I would be obligated because the property is not designated only for the damager. Everybody had rights to be there. Okay? However, Rabbi Lazar disagrees with this. Rabbi Lazar Amar, Rabbi Lazar says your potter on Shane and Rego when we have joint ownership over the property. <coughs> you only pay in places you, you never pay unless you always pay when your axe damages you always pay unless nobody else had permission to be there if you're the only one who has permission to be there you're off the hook but if other people had rights to be there you are on the hook to pay however and, and what the mission means like this. That's coming to, to include Kara. Okay? So Shar and Regal, Shane and Regal, you're, you don't need to pay even when you both have rights. Karen, you would need to pay. Honey, this all makes sense. It's fine and dandy. According to Shmuel, where we don't mention Karen at all. El Rav, but according to Rav, the Amar. Our mission is referring to the damage of ax, including Karen, and everything that goes along with it. What is the word coming to include? What's the unique case? It's coming to include a case of the following price. When we said that when the, the ax damages, the owner of the damaging ax is chayev, what does that mean? To that, that damage in their own Risha. So if I'm hired to as, as a Shemr Chinam, what's a Shemr Chinam? An unpaid watcher. Or I'm hired as a Shemr Sachar, which is a paid watcher. Or I'm a renter. Or I'm a borrower. An ox comes and does damage on my property. What's the halacha? Tam Shalim Chasinazik, a Mord Mashalim Nazik Shalim. If it's a time, you pay half. If it's a more, you pay another shalom. If it's a balayla, if it happened that night, I should pay to list him, which is an inus. It was um, a complete accident. Yeah, bandits come. The yatsavazik and it goes out and damages. Potter, I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to be obligated. Now this is unclear what we're talking about. The only thing that we have clarity right now in is if somebody is a shomer, either achinam unpaid, sachar paid. Socher, renter, shoel, or a borrower. All these cases obligate me in different levels of shmira, in different levels of protection. So if an ones happens under my watch, I'm not obligated to pay. I'm never obligated to pay for an ones, an accident. If it's not an ones, it happened, uh, it, something happened during the day. So then if it's a tam, the custodian's going to have to pay half. If it's a mort, he's going to have to pay full. What's unclear is whose ox is goring who. Whose ox? Is that, that the ox that the custodian is supposed to be watching got hurt? Or is it the ox that the custodian is supposed to be watching hurt another ox? So that's what we're going to come and clarify here. The mission is not clear. I this was just my confusion. Yeah, good. Good. So it says the Hey, he dummy, what's the case? Unclear what we're talking about. Let's say an ox uh, uh, was borrowed and it damages the borrowed person's ox. Okay? Listen to this. Geschmack. Geschmack a case. I have. Uh, what's a good ox name? Uh, Herschel. Uh, huh? Yes. Babe. Or babe. Babe, I have an ox named Herschel. Okay. I borrow an ox named Babe. The ox that I borrowed named Babe hurts Herschel. 
I, I borrowed, babe, but it hurt my hair shul. Hair shul I own. Okay? And if that's the case, that we're saying the lender, the owner, can I, can I as the borrower go to babe's owner and say, listen, I know I borrowed babe, but it hurt my hair shul. You got to pay. You got to pay. Maybe it's a moid. Late. Well, late, well, it's not a, a, a mood. Amalei, let the lender say, Ilu Azik Ba'alma, listen, if you borrow my ox and it turns out that my ox is even a mood, a damaging ox, and it would have hurt somebody else's ox, let me tell you something. You would have had to pay for the damage. The lacha is, a borrower is responsible for anything that happens with the lost, ob- with, with the lost object that you borrowed. So if I borrow an ox and the ox damages your ox, who's responsible? Me. Not babe's owner. Me, because I borrowed babe. So the owner could say to the borrower, don't come to me crying that babe hurt Herschel. Because if babe would have hurt the other ox, Bob, you would have had to pay. Ah, chutzpah for showing up. Be lo- Just be happy that you're not paying anybody but yourself. You dented your own car. Yeah, you have two cars. One car dented the other. Yeah, be happy with that. You would have had to pay. Now that it hurt your ox, I should have to pay you? Go jump in the lake. Not happening. That can't be the case. Can't be the case. What's the case? Okay, we're trying to figure out what's the case where a borrowed ox, a watched ox hurts another ox. Herschel gored babe. I borrow babe. Put him in the backyard with my Herschel. My ox Herschel gores the ox that I borrow. It's the other way. Instead of babe being the bully, Herschel's the bully. Okay, so here we go. And now the... Um, now the Bryce has said like this. Remember the Bryce has said that if it's during the day it damages... The show pays half. Right? The show's going to have to pay him. So he said like this. The borrower has to pay half. If my ox, Herschel, would have damaged your ox, anybody else's ox, says you would have had to pay for everything. Now that a punked gourd babe, the borrowed animal, you're going to have to pay half. So that also doesn't make any sense. So we're still confused. What's the case of the Brysa, which says that when the when is the damager obligated to pay to include a shaymrechinam, a shayil, a sachar, a shayil. Yeah, all these cases. We're trying to get the case. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you the case. La'ilam, really, the case is the azkei, tura didach, where the babe's owner damaged the mashal, the tura de shayil. Babe damaged Herschel. What's the case over here? The case over here is Shekibala Love Shmiraz Gufai. The owner accepted, I'm sorry, the Shayel, the borrower, the owner of Herschel, accepted upon himself to guard babe from damaging, top of tomorrow's daf. However, the Laikibala Love Shmiraz Nizakov. He never accepted upon himself to stop it from doing damage to something else. The borrowed ox. Correct. Now listen to this. Listen to this. The Gemara is coming with an interesting case. And we have two more steps, then we'll hold it here. But here's the case. In every case where I accept Achrayas, there's different levels of accepting Achrayas. What is Achrayas? Okay? So I'll tell you, this beautiful vart, I got this from Ephraim Shapiro, I think. He says, you know what, you know what Achrayis is? How do you spell Achrayis? Aleph Ches Yud Vav Sof. He says, if you look at that word, you'll learn everything about Achrayis. Aleph is me. Me. First person to take Achrayis on is you. Next letter is Ach. You take care of somebody else. Take care of your brother. Then, Acher. You take care of others outside your family. This is how you want to take a Christ. Just take a Christ on yourself, your family, ah, ah, and me. Ah, 
my mishpuche. Acher, others. Acharai means you lead, you become a leader. After me, acharai, after me. Become a leader for others. Then you add a vav, you have acharav. Part of being a balachrai is you follow other people too. You don't just be a leader for others. You need to make a leader for yourself. You can't be a balachrai without having guidance. The sof, achrayas, is aleph to tough. You get the job done. You don't leave a job half-baked. Half you start something, you finish it. That's achrayas. Beautiful. They take achrayas. I forgot who he quoted on it. But be it as it may, you see, there's different layers to achrayas. There's different layers to responsibility. So what happens if you agree to give me something to watch and I say, listen, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll take responsibility on collision damage. I'm not taking responsibility on liability. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I'll make sure your ox doesn't get hurt. I'm not bearing responsibility that your ox doesn't hurt others. That, that, that I'm not. So under those circumstances, that's where we say that if the borrowed ox damages the borrower's ox, if Babe gores Herschel, the lender's responsible. The owner of Babe is responsible. Because the owner of Herschel could say, listen, I'm watching your ox. I never took Achrayas on that. That remained your responsibility. So you should have made sure that you never put an ox in my, under my jurisdiction that damages. And therefore I'm not responsible. Says the Gemara, if that's the case, just two more steps. Aim a seifa, say the seifa. Nifrit sepa lailatha broke out of night, I should pursue a list more robbers broke up the yotzav as he goes out and damages pot to your pot by yom if it happened by day chayav. You're obligated, the borrower's obligated. Ask the Gemara, why are you obligated? You made a deal with the owner that you're not responsible, you're not responsible for damages. That doesn't make sense. Answers the Gemara, he means like this. If he did accept on himself, to guard against damaging others, then he is responsible. But even if you took responsibility and it breaks out at night, Potter, the borrower, is going to be off the hook. We'll hold it here for today. And Bez Hashem, we will pick up with Ini tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Bez Hashem, from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.